Welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest-running hiking podcast, downloaded over half a million times in over 145 countries and providing you with an Australian perspective on all things hiking. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. In today's episode, episode 205, we introduce the Three Capes track in Tasmania. This trip for us has been three years in the making, and for one reason or the other, we just couldn't make this trip happen. It's now 2021, and Christmas is just a few days away, and hiking on Christmas Day has become a regular thing for us. And this year, the day before Christmas, we're due to start our trip on the Three Capes track. In today's episode, we set the scene for our upcoming trip. We hope you enjoy. Before we get into today's episode, if you'd like to help support Australian Hiker and this podcast, there are a couple of ways that you can help us out. Firstly, by subscribing on your podcast host of choice so that each episode is available as soon as it's published. And if you have the opportunity, leave us a five-star review. Another way to support us is go to the Australian Hiker website at www.australianhiker.com.au and click on the supporters page and buy us a coffee. You can do a one-off donation or become a monthly supporter. All donations are greatly appreciated and help us to continue producing this podcast and blog. Now let's get on to today's episode. Like any trail that any of us do, there are always preconceptions prior to the trip. And no matter what we think will happen, reality often tends to be different. Now in regard to the Three Capes track, we're just going to go through and provide a bit of an overview of the track itself, because while many people are probably aware it exists, they may not have looked much in depth into what's involved. We certainly have preconceptions about what this trip's like, and over the next three weeks, uh, we'll be releasing a series of a total of three episodes uh, to provide a before, during and after view on what we thought of the trail. First up, let's look at the facts. This track, located not far from Hobart, is 48 kilometres in distance. It's a paid trail, and in all honesty, as far as paid government-run trails in national parks, it's probably the dearest trip that you'll, you'll do from a hiking perspective. And we'll talk about the cost a bit more in a moment. The duration of this trip is four days and three nights, and this is a set timing. Um, and the Tasmanian government have done this so they don't get a glut of people on the trail at one time. In normal times, uh, there are anywhere up to 48 hikers a day starting this trail. So if you're looking at a four-day trip, potentially there's 192 hikers on the entire trail. During COVID, this number has been reduced. Uh, so when we do our trip in the, in the next few days, there'll be 36 hikers per day starting the, the track. The trail is done in one direction, and as we said, because it's a four-day trip and you're, you're really staying in the places that are set by the trip itself, day one is four kilometres, and the reason for that is you may be starting the trip in the morning, you may be starting in the afternoon, and for us, we're starting in the afternoon, so a four-kilometre walk to the first hut uh, will get us there probably around about the 4, 4.30 mark. Day two, 11 kilometres. Day three is the long day, which is 19 kilometres. And day four, where you finish the trip, is 14 kilometres. You start the trip with a, uh, a boat ride to the first beach before you walk in. 
and you finish the trip with a bus ride back out to Port Arthur, with Port Arthur being the, the hub, if you like, from the start and finish point. Yeah, it's a really interesting one because I think, you know, you, you take in a lot of um, what that part of uh, Tasmania has to offer. So it is very much an experience um, and not, not just a hiking experience. Cost of the trip, as we mentioned, is is not cheap. For an adult, it's $495 per person. Pensioners and children are cheaper, but it's still roughly $395 approximately, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 not the sort of thing that you're going to take you know, a family of two and six kids along. Uh, well, maybe it is yeah, if it, that's what you want to do and if you can afford that, yeah. Yeah. Now, one of the reasons for the cost, and, and I know a lot of people I've talked to in the past – do complain about the cost of this trip. But to give you an idea, the Tasmanian government, with the help of the Commonwealth government, spent $25.3 million to build this track. So there's a lot of infrastructure to provide a really good quality facility. Partly the reason for this cost, and this trail does consist of rock, gravel trail and boardwalk, and to a great extent the boardwalk is more about protecting the environment from root rot. Uh, so in some areas, they don't want you walking on soil, transferring disease along the rest of the trail, and that means that they've built infrastructure to keep the trail as protected as possible. And the other thing about having form trails is that it keeps people in the one place. Um, you know, people have a tendency to uh, spread out, to wander, and so the trails get wider and wider and wider. So all of these things help to contain the trail um, and minimise the impact on the environment. Along with the the cost, I mean, you are getting some very good facilities for your money. So when you start your walk or start the trip, you're starting at Port Arthur and getting a boat to the the, uh, the start of the trail – so you're checking in and you're actually picking up a set of walk notes uh, that provide information on things to see and recommendations for the trip itself. I know in the past when we've done some track uh, tracks that they've sent the walk notes to you prior to the trip, but in this case here you pick them up basically on the day that you start. We're starting our trip on Friday, which is the day before Christmas. We actually looked at, looked at starting on Christmas Day, and that is a possibility, but that was already booked up. So we're starting the day before Christmas, and we'll get a bus from Hobart to Port Arthur, the boat from Port Arthur to the start of the trail uh, before we start our walk. The rooms are varying sizes. They're timber bunks with mattresses included. Yeah, and there are three huts along the way, three stops. Yep. And those huts have got similar facilities too. And these facilities include a kitchen, which has gas cooktops, cooking utensils such as fry pans, saucepans and kettles, the main cooking utensils, uh, but you do need to bring your own knives, forks, forks, plates and bowls. Dining tables and stools. uh, There's outdoor tables and bench seating. There's USB charging stations for your mobile devices. They're not super fast charging stations, but it means that Particularly for a trip that's relatively short, yeah. If you're you're running low on phone uh, battery, you can actually go through and recharge at the end of the day. There's heating and lights in the social hub area if the weather so dictates, uh, and there's also toilets with hand wash basins as well. Munro cabin, which is one of the cabins, uh, is there are also two outdoor showers also. 
As is typical with a lot of the Tasmanian trails, there is a hut ranger to greet you and answer questions and to, to manage what's going on. Water is available at each hut as well uh, in the rainwater tanks. Now, I would probably suggest it doesn't matter how good they are uh, of filtering the water, but that's really going to be a personal choice there. Phone signal, because this trail is relatively close to Hobart, is reasonably good with Telstra, but it is going to be variable and there's not always going to be phone signal. We don't get great phone signal in a capital city, Tim, so you know, <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> so, yeah, again, it's the sort of thing that you, you can be in contact at least for a component of the trip. This is a year-round trip, and because it is, the name is Three Capes Track, and this is what you actually are doing. You're walking and going through a series of three capes, uh, so it's very much a coastal walk. And as a result, you're not tending to get the really hot or the really cold sort of temperatures. So the summertime temperature, when we're looking at going, uh, maximum of around about 16 to 19 degrees and wintertime 10 to 12 degrees. Now, you know, that sounds great, but I'm expecting wind and rain. Oh, I think so, particularly because you are walking as you approach the the coastal headlands and the coastal cliff faces. Winds, winds are given. Winds, winds are given. <laughs> Uh, and rain potentially as well. So it really is going to, going to depend on what the forecast is, is happening. From a scenery perspective, um, certainly you're starting off at Port Arthur, so it's an opportunity to have a look at a historic site and one of Australia's main historic sites. I've never been to Port Arthur. It's going to be a bit of an extra bonus for me to have a look around before we, we pick up the boat in the afternoon. Eucalyptus woodland, and we've got spectacular coastal views and heathland as well. So this is a probably a very different sort of trip for Tasmania. Uh, usually if you think about the overland track and uh, a lot of the, the typical Tasmanian scenery you're expecting in the, uh, the, the west, the central and the west of uh, Tasmania, you're thinking about big, big overgrown trees and, and dense foliage and almost temperate rainforests. Uh, in this case here, it's very much a coastal sort of trip. Yeah, and it's really, um, as I said, that real sort of all-round experience. Um, the interesting thing is because of all of those facilities at the, uh, the the campsites or the overnight sites, it means that you don't have to take as much gear and you can lighten your load a bit. So the recommended pack size for this trip is 50 litres. Now, the reason for that is you don't need a tent, you don't have to take a stove or a cooking pot, uh, and you don't need a sleeping bed. You do need to bring your own pillow of some sort, but you know you get rid of the tent. Uh, that certainly takes a chunk out of uh, your uh, uh, your need or or your pack weight itself or your pack re uh, requirements as well. This is really a three and a half day trip. Is probably the best thing to think about. So if you're starting around about midday on the first day, finishing roughly the same sort of thing a bit later. So it's really it's four days in total. Uh, but you're not carrying sort of seven or eight or ten days worth of food. So food often tends to be a fairly large sort of uh, bulk and, and often weight in your pack. Uh, so being able to lose all that thing means you, uh, you can get away with a smaller pack if you've got the option. For us, we've got all the gear sitting there ready to go, and tomorrow night, which is Wednesday night, is packing night, and I'm hoping to be able to fit all my gear into a 33-litre <laughs> pack. 
Um, that might be pushing the friendship a bit. I'll see how it goes. I don't have a 33-litre pack, but I will cinch down a 48-litre pack. pack. Yeah, yeah. and I must admit, I've got a 48-litre pack as well. Uh, so if I can't fit it into the smaller pack, I'll certainly try the larger one. Now, we're lucky enough to have the ability to have a number of different packs to play with. I think in all honesty, from my perspective, I'd probably get away with a 40-litre pack. But whether I'll get away with a smaller pack as I'm planning on trying to, mm-hmm. I'll find that out tomorrow night. Yeah, and the other temptation is, I mean, I, I'm, you know, the days are not so long in terms of distance. Um, so the other temptation is to take a lot more than you would normally take um, and and stay with a standard size pack that you would use. But, you know, maybe that's, you know, no, not not necessary. You could do that if you want a bit of luxury along the way, but... Uh, we, we tend to go a little bit hard line and we'll take the bare min- minimum and see how small our packs can be or how small we can make them. Probably for us, the luxury items on this trip, because it is Christmas, we get the, we have the individual Christmas puddings for Christmas Day. <laughs> uh, we, Which are a little bit dry, let me tell you, when uh, you know, yeah, and cold, <laughs> first thing in the morning. Well, and, the, and the mince pies. Yeah, and the mince pies as well. And we've got a dessert for a, the, for the three nights that we're actually staying as well. Typically, we'll often tend to carry dessert for one night out of every two, but we, we're going for a dessert for each night. So we're, we're certainly not going to starve. Uh, we're certainly going to be well fed. I don't think we're going to lose much weight on this trip. I now, th- didn't think that was the option. Was no, that the option? No. Now, I, th- I think the, the, uh, the website for the Three Capes Walk does provide a decent packing list. And certainly from my perspective, I will be carrying rain gear. I will be carrying a, uh, a puffy jacket. I will be carrying uh, a change of clothing to sleep in at night time. Uh, and I've also got a fairly decent sleeping bag. I mean, the sleeping bag I've got will take me down to around about minus four. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. Um, if anything, I'd probably prefer a slightly less warm sleeping bag. Uh, but again, I think I'll probably get into trouble if I try and buy a another one. Uh, another not another one. one. <laughs> we 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 had to give some away to family. So um, yeah, no no more, please. Um, mine it will be absolute overkill. So uh, that's the way I like it. Um, so you know, I've got a Cedar Summit Flame three, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to spending a few nights in that one. I've done the odd night here and there but yeah so we'll see how I go and see whether or not I've you know have it unzipped and have a leg hanging out in the middle of the night. One thing that I have an expectation of this trip and it really is as I said it is an expectation I might be proved wrong on this this is probably the best way to think of this trip in some respects is almost a bit like glamping you're sleeping in cabins. Uh, you're you do have a mattress, which you don't have to carry with you. Um, well, it's kind of, but you know, glamping without the bottle of wine and glamping and still carrying most of your gear. I'm not quite sure that those things go together, Tim. Well, potentially you could carry a bottle of wine. I mean, that's always well, an option. No, glamping is you don't carry your wine. <laughs> Somebody else carries your wine. <laughs> you so, can carry more wine. <laughs> So I think with this one through here, one of the reasons I, I sort of compare it to to a bit like glamping is uh, you're not you know you're not having to go and find a, a tent site at the end of the day. You're not going to have to go through and dig a cat hole uh, to go to the toilet unless you really need to go during the middle of the day. Yeah, yeah, and I understand that the the host rangers do allocate your sleeping space. So 
you know, that that will be interesting to see how they can, um, you know, normally you have a wander around a couple of times and you go, I like that spot over there, I'll go there. Um, but this will be a little bit different, so quite quite different for us. Um, I'm definitely taking the uh, earplugs. Uh, that will be for me and for everybody else in the vicinity of where Tim is sleeping. <laughs> Maybe they'll be lucky, I don't know, but, yeah, not taking a chance on that one. So I think for me this this track is probably not a bad way to go for a starter trip. In the past, we've done things like the Kangaroo Island Wilderness Trail. That's an excellent first long-distance hike yeah. for people. This is also the same. It's a, it's a really good track to get into multi-day hiking uh, without having to worry about the, the logistics of tents and toileting in the middle of the bush. Yeah, and I think the other thing for me in terms of the planning for this trip, it was really, really quite easy to – uh, connect things up. So uh, connect up with uh, the bus company going to Port Arthur, which arrives at the right time, and then at the other end, you know, picks you up at uh, the right time and so on. And um, I spoke with the bus company the other day uh, in Hobart, and they knew exactly what we were doing and where we were going and when we were doing it. And you know, so that's kind of um, a, a nice, a nice thing and a nice comfort to be able to have that um, uh, clarity and and not have to free wheel too much. I have uh, spoken to a few people that I know about this trip, and they have done uh, parts of it uh, in the past and been to some of the the capes that we'll be visiting uh, through you know a range of different means. And they say the landscape is quite stunning and uh, there isn't any part of it that would be described as ordinary. So I'm really looking forward to that part of it and uh, I'm sure Tim's going to take way too many photos and, uh, you know, it doesn't sound, each day doesn't sound like a a long distance, but, uh, you know, as you enjoy the experience and uh, stop and look and stop and engage and uh, take all of those photos will certainly chew up the time, I'm sure. One of the things they do talk about in the uh, the website, and the website's actually pretty good there. They have got images to give you an idea of what's going on. They talk about day one, two, three, and four and the distances and what you're sort of looking at. They do actually say that as you're looking at getting out to sort of day two, day three, where you are getting right out onto the end of the uh, uh, the headlands, and apparently these are the Australia's highest uh, ocean cliffs, you know, you can get as close to or stay as far away from the cliffs as you as you want to be. So one of the questions in the frequently asked questions is, um, you know, is it is it, you know, if I'm afraid of heights, you know, is that going to be an issue? Um, you know, if you're afraid of heights, you probably don't want to go and stand um, two meters away from the edge of the cliff. But certainly, you can still get the spectacular views and the ocean views. Uh, and they do talk about whales at the the right times of wow, the year, yeah. uh, which is not not when not, we're going. <laughs> not when we're going. We're a bit too uh, a bit too late for whales. But certainly, uh, um, you know, it's it gives you the ability to suit walkers of all of all types. 
as we said, the longest day is 19 kilometres. So, you know, if you're a brand new hiker that's never walked that sort of distance, you probably want to have a try and see what that's like. But certainly the other days uh, really aren't going to be too much of an issue. I think most people will cope with uh, at least three out of the four days, but it's, it's ma- making sure you're fit enough to do that 19 kilometres. Yeah. Now it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a a podcast in the last two years that we, <laughs> we we don't talk about COVID, and for us this is a bit of a a gamble I suppose. We booked this trip in May of two thousand and twenty one, and the reason I did that was in, in two thousand and eighteen when I tried to book it I left it too late by a few weeks and we missed out. Christmas is always a pretty popular time. And I know looking at the website bookings, January's pretty much booked out. So uh, if you're trying to get, do the trip now, you're looking at sort of February, March, April sort of period. Uh, and it can be walked all year round. Uh, but for us, uh, I thought, okay, Christmas time, 2021. Hey, COVID will be done by then. <laughs> COVID will be done by then, so we'll be right. Um, and everything was looking really wonderful up until about three weeks ago. And well, not so wonderful, but, you know, yeah. it was it was probably a little bit more, more optimistic uh, than what it is at this minute. But So we're treating this as an adventure and it might be, uh, an adventure hiking, uh, or it might be an adventure um, staring at the walls in hotel quarantine, or you know whatever it is that we get get hit with, uh, just because of COVID. But we're going, and you know uh, there'll be a podcast either way, and uh, not sure what the next one will be like. <laughs> it might, yeah, it might be a podcast on what it's like to be in lockdown as a hiker. <laughs> So we, are, we could pitch the tent. Oh, no, we're not taking the no. tent. <laughs> so the, the issues we have with travelling from Canberra to Tasmania is uh, planes all booked, not a problem. Uh, we had to go through and have a COVID test this morning. Uh, and we 72 uh, hours before we depart. So we'll get the results of that roughly around about midday tomorrow. And, and assuming we pass that, we will get on the plane on Thursday and make our way down to Tasmania. I did ask him what would happen if only one of us passed, and uh, um, uh, he he kind of looked at me incredulously and said, well, you know, we're together, so if one of us is infected, the other one can't go. We're like, oh, yeah, (laughs) oh, yeah. So when we get down there, we've been noticing and looking at the uh, Tasmanian travel website over the last week, and we've found that, some planes are being classed as uh, hotspots and there's been rows or sections of the plane where people have been forced into lockdown. So sometimes, yeah, so it's, you know, um, close and casual contacts and sometimes on some planes there's a a row um, that's a close contact and then the two rows before and the two rows after are considered close and the rest of the plane is casual at other times, it's it's a few more rows in different places um, uh, that are close, and uh, yeah, it's it's you know it's the luck of the draw. I I guess uh, the challenge I think is that um, the notifications around whether or not you're a casual or close contact tends to be two and a half to three days later after your flight. Uh, which potentially means we're in the middle of the hike. Or, or nearly finishing. Or nearly <laughs> finishing. Um, so I don't know. Yep. Uh, and, and, if you, and if you do need to get tested because of that, because you're a close contact, um, you, you do need to do so within three to five days. 
So, um, yeah, it, it's going to be an adventure and uh, if we make it all the way through, it, it will be probably, uh, you know, uh, a small miracle. But either way, we will have some great stories. <laughs> So assuming everything goes well and there's no issues, um, second podcast, which will be a series of on-trail recordings um, of our experiences on trail and how we're finding Or things. our experiences in quarantine. Yep. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and also if we can convince other people to have a chat to us, we'll find out how they're going as well. And that'll be released on the 29th of December. Uh, and then the week after that, we'll do a roundup of the trip uh, which will also include a, a full written write-up of the trail as well. So it'll be a good opportunity to see what the trip the trip is like because I think this is one of these trips that for many people is on their bucket list. Um, some people don't necessarily want to do the overland track and it's a really good track but it's a bit physically more demanding. Whereas this well, trip, we think we're assuming. We're I don't assuming. know. Well, this trap is 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 classed as moderate. It's not classed as anywhere near as difficult as the yeah, overland yeah. track. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and there's certainly, while there is in, uh, inclines and declines, it's nowhere near to the ext- extreme that uh, the overland track can be at times. So I think this will be a, uh, we're expecting it to be a, I won't say easy walk, but it's easy compared to some of the things we've done over the last few years. And I think it's one of those trips that a lot of people are, are keen and interested on. Uh, and it's something we've always wanted to do, but we thought it was a good one to do a, a podcast review on because people are so interested in finding out about it. Yeah, and it's probably going to be the hardest multi-day that we've done this year, Tim, because uh, yeah. we, <laughs> we haven't done many multi-days this year. To, but anyway, <laughs> so we, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't be too boastful about how well we'll go. All right, we hope you've enjoyed this introduction to the Three Capes Walk in Tasmania. Uh, And all things being given equal, we'll bring you two more podcasts on how we found this trip. Or, worst case, we'll bring you a a podcast on what it's like to be in, in, in isolation during COVID. Okay, that's all for me. Bye for now. And bye from me.